Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is going on everybody? My name is Carlola. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Curse Friar Podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about all things film. As always, I enjoy my partner in crime on the phone this time, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how's it going? I'm fine. I hate capitalism. <laughs> yeah. So, if I could just know, I actually know... I, I stress this though because Connor uh, Martin, who hosted the show a few weeks ago, he came up with the opinion that we always start every show by just complaining okay. about something. And so I'm afraid to get right. into this. But all I'll say is that myself and Sean both work in shops yep. and it was Black Friday weekend. And, and we'll that's leave all it there. I have to say. Just, you, can, you can draw your own conclusions from that. <laughs> Fill in the gaps on our energy levels and why we're doing this on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and just, we're not even asking for forgiveness. This is the only way it's happening. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, so what can you do? I think I've turned, but I, I was exhausted earlier on, but I think I've gone into the point of lunacy now. And I think that's a good area to be in. Yeah, I think I've smashed through the barrier of yeah. exhaustion. And now it's just... Like pure apathy. <laughs> You've turned into me. Just oh, no. yeah. like this might as well happen. <laughs> you don't want to be apathetic of course things. All <laughs> oh, right, here we go. All right, this is Movie Mondays. This is where we talk all the week's movie news. And there's only one place to start, Sean. That is the biggest news of the week. Actually, no, not really. But oh, well, I wouldn't I'm be so starting with it. If, <laughs> I wouldn't be starting with it if it was the actual biggest. But it's the biggest in our hearts. Because the first news story I have this week involves Big JD, Johnny Depp, best known for no. his star on a big wheel well, that one time. Or Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp is producing a Michael Jackson biopic told from the perspective of his glove. What? <laughs> I did, uh, 
<laughs> See, hell. here's the thing, right? Me and you have been completely out of the loop on movie news for the last week. And I, I, put this show to- I put this show together and it was all a surprise to me too. <laughs> have you confused this show with weird news by any chance? No, I haven't. Because this is Johnny Depp and a Michael Jackson biopic because they did the Bohemian Rhapsody. They did all, all those biopics. They did Elton John. This is in that same line, but Johnny Depp's doing it, so you know it's going to be fucking weird. And he's doing, weird. The, he's, going to, he's doing it from the perspective of Michael Jackson's glove. Sean, what are your thoughts initially, just from okay. that headline? couple of things. Okay, hard to relate to a glove, I grant you. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, are not, are we, is, is Michael Jackson back? Is he alright again? Like, <laughs> there's a whole documentary. <laughs> Did anyone hear the height of that voice? I just, I'm not sure where. <laughs> just, just really quickly, is Michael Jackson back? Are we allowed this? I just um, I look. Uh, is Johnny Depp back? Maybe another two fair question. Right. <laughs> is he the man to cover this topic? Maybe he's the one man in Hollywood that could. What's where? Where's this going to go? Because there's a there's a lot of stuff happened to Michael Jackson. Before the glove, yes, he didn't. He wasn't in Jackson Five with the glove. No, no, he wasn't. So they already had five. That. They already had five. He didn't need the glove. Unless they're like, he's telling a story. The film starts with him telling a story to a bunch of people about his life in the Jackson Five, and he's wearing the glove while telling the story. I mean, I t- we don't know any details so far. So, unfortunately, but what we do know, right, is that there is a play that is, has been written about Michael Jackson as told by his glove. It was written by a woman called Julian Nitzberg, and the play itself is set to debut in Los Angeles next month. But Johnny right. Depp seen this play, and he's already working on producing a movie based off the play. Okay, is he just hedging his bets that this play becomes the next Hamilton or something yes. like that? Okay, that makes a lot more sense rather than Johnny Depp had this idea and now... <laughs> yeah, no, and it gets... See, this was... this was um, It was a dangerous topic to bring up. Surely, because yes. Of, because of two very volatile figures in all the areas. I think Johnny Tape is just kind of a dick, but I don't know if he's... I Michael think he's Jackson, difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson is a whole other kettle of fish we're not getting into here. They're, but, they're saying music, music Monday. <laughs> no, it isn't. So, um, what they did say is that, uh, about the movie, is that everything MJ has been accused of has actually been caused by his glove, which is actually an alien oh, from no, outer no, no, space. No, 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 what? And so this is the conversation that the two producers were having, right? I and hate then this. apparently they laughed and said, Can you can't you just do a normal version instead of that fucked up one? And so this is like that idea, but toned down into a musical theatre version, and now Johnny Depp is producing a movie based off the toned-down version of the Alien Glove and Michael Jackson. This sounds like a South Park plot. Yes, no, it does, yeah. That's why it's... I was debating whether it's movie news or weird news. I settled on movie news for no reason. There was no real logic to it. I just said, fuck it. There's a lot of movie on show here. That's true. Like, which version is going to cause more... Well, I know which version would cause more offence. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! But do you, do you lean into that or do you still cause offence 
with a worse premise. <laughs> I think there's nobody in the Hollywood that deserves this movie more than Johnny Depp. I just, <laughs> this movie and Johnny Depp deserve each other. That like that's a career killing movie, isn't it? I don't think so. I think Johnny can get away with many things. Is this so they can get out of casting Michael Jackson? Um, actually, that's a good point. Maybe that you'd only in. see the glove. You just you all you never see his face. It's like um, the mother in Tom and Jerry. You just never see yeah. the face. And, and like, oh, and it can be called the glove. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, I don't see. It's going to make like thriller real hard to cover. <laughs> but think of the puns though in all the critical responses to the movie you have all to the hand reviews. it to them yes I don't think it's that bad like it could go on for days it really could but also should it should it go on for even a minute <laughs> See, here's the thing, right? This movie, we really shouldn't be talking about this, but I read it and I said, Sean needs to know that this exists so we can prepare ourselves emotionally for when it ultimately gets cancelled, I would say, in about two months. Yeah, after the musical opens, perhaps. Yeah, but Johnny Depp is on board and he's already working on it. So if you're thinking, what's JD going to be in soon enough? Well, that's exactly what he's working on. It's this and Pirates of the Caribbean 8. <laughs> Whoa, I'm on a big wheel again! <laughs> oh, man. I just love JD, you know what I mean? He's such a I, nice guy. Famously, you're his biggest fan. <laughs> I am. We, as a collective, were his biggest fan. Who, yeah. Who's our... It's J- Jared Leto. Jared Leto and Johnny... Jared Leto could play Michael Jackson. Oh, oh, he would. And oh, oh, my oh, God, fuck. he'd commit to the role. Oh, my God. Imagine how many people he could offend. Oh my oh, god. Lads. Oh, let's not think too hard about it. <laughs> I think this movie needs to cast Jared Leto. As as the glove or as Michael Jackson. If he imagine Jared Leto pretending to be a glove though. Imagine the training that he'd have to put into that. He'd be just hanging out of people's wrists. Oh just walking along. He'd wrap himself around someone's hand in the winter. He'd build a fifty foot statue and then just hang out of their wrist so he'd get used to it. Like he's yeah. so, he's so he just gets into the role. He's like the greatest actor of our time. He's a dickhead. <laughs> different different opinions. Different yeah. opinions there. Um, both valid. So <laughs> both valid. So we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this is actually DC related. Now there's a lot of DC news this week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw two of them in now, and then we'll finish on the big one because. Okay. Variety did a lot of um, talking to any DC higher-ups during the week, and we're after getting a lot more news based off movies that they'll be planning in in the future. So, my first piece of DC news, Sean, is that DC will reportedly be making more R-rated movies after the success of one Joker. Oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) Yay! Sean, let's go! Okay. Look, if they're good movies... Go ahead. The the R rating isn't what made it successful. We said ah, this Deadpool and Logan. Y- you haven't heard the worst bit. Because oh. according to Variety, a couple of highly anticipated DC movies, such as movies that are already made or no. they're making, such as Birds of Prey and The Suicide Squad, could take on the more mature rating when they are released in theatres. 
they weren't originally scheduled for an R rating, but thanks to Joker's Jesus. massive success, they're thinking that Birds of Prey could be bumped up to a bit of a mature rating. Sean, I think this makes it much better. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, just shoehorn in some extra blood splatter. Or just, just like, horribly dub over fuck in every sentence. As much as making R-rated movies because one R-rated movie made money, so just making all your movies R-rated is dumb. Making movies that are made for PG-13, then R-rated because an R-rated movie made money for you, is so much dumber. Yeah, and it's so pandery as well. Yeah. Because it's like, look how edgy we are. No, you're not edgy. You've, you've, you've calculated this in a, in a boardroom. Really? Because the way they said it, Sean, now I might be just drinking in the Kool-Aid here, but they said moving forward, the studio will be considering a more gritty and grown-up titles to counteract that, Disney's more family-friendly superhero model. I think that's a pretty good plan. Sean, I can't see how this will go downhill. How, how many fucking gritty movies have we had? <laughs> But so much great. <laughs> because up to this point, it's been all fucking sunshine and rainbows. I don't oh, know what you're talking about. it's been Looney Tunes in the DC Comics <laughs> universe. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. It's always daytime. Batman is useless. <laughs> but, like, I, uh, here's the thing. I imagine, like, James Gunn's got to be livid. Because if they had told him at the start, oh, make an R-rated Suicide Squad movie, he would have been mm. amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think he would have been a really good suit. But no, Suicide Squad isn't until 2021. So they yeah. are still shooting it. So he would be talented enough that he could change a few things during production, maybe add a few scenes. But at the same time, if the movie is written as a PG-13, just leave it and maybe start the next project as from scratch. We have he- all the all the toys to play with. Yeah, that's true. And I think Birds of Prey, I like... This is interference from a studio again that late in the movie's life they're changing what it was set out to be birds of prey is coming out in february yeah that's wrapped like yeah and they still don't know what it will be rated as but this report says that they are uh they are thinking of changing it to an r rating so originally it was claimed that it would be an r rating then it said that it was going to be PG-13. Then it said R-rating. Then it, they said, no, it's definitely PG-13. And now they're thinking of backing out and going back to R-rated. Like, when the, the, I, think, I think this is the lesson that should be learned when an R-rated movie does well. Is that an R-rating doesn't mean it'll do badly. Like, you need to no. be okay with receiving an R-rating. You shouldn't aim for it. Because the thing about that, I think it's literally just, yeah, we've talked about this before, but it's Hollywood going so far in the opposite direction because for years everybody was afraid to make R-rated movies because they were like, they won't make money. And it makes sense. Like, you make an R-rated movie, you're cutting off half the audience. Not half, but But a large proportion of it. Yeah, you're, you're cutting off audiences that could bring their family. So if there's four people that could go, now you only get two because only the parents can go instead of bringing their kids. Yeah, or maybe and now so, the parents can't go because they can't get a babysitter. Like, yeah, like you're, it's just monetary reasons me- meant that they said PG-13 is much safer to do. But because Deadpool made so much money and Deadpool was really the... the the catalyst for this so it was Deadpool and then Logan same year that yeah. kind of just basically blew the doors off and said if you make a good movie people will go see it but of course Hollywood doesn't look at the good movie bit they look at people like when people get to decapitate 
it has to be the decapitations that are good. Yeah, or maybe it's like they just think, um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that the the older crowd will like. I, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this that they don't think you know a 25 year old will go see a PG 13 film. It has to be R rated. We've well, all that's seen not that with true. the MCU. Yeah. The, and the, like it has the draw if it's a good movie or if you've built the groundwork that people care about those movies. But like I went and saw Detective Pikachu in the cinema. Like I am not the target audience for that really. But if they if they had made an R rated Pokemon movie, actually I would see that. But oh, an R rated Pokemon movie that would be people would be getting butchered. Oh, would be butchered brutal. to death. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, you're not, uh, it's not as much targeting your audience that you're doing. You're just, you're letting your audience know what they're in for with an R rating. Yeah, but like, DC coming out, and I just love the irony of them going, I think after Joker, we should get more gritty. You know? Yeah. Gritty more and gritty. titles are more gritty. Like, Batman versus Superman. How gritty was that? It's just on like, a scale. I See, I think there's this whole thing of, people get fatigued by superhero movies that because they feel like oh it's the same thing happening a lot at the same time it's the marvel formula but yeah with dc like watching the joker i think you would get fatigued far faster by watching you know just a man have his life ruined <laughs> and then maybe in the last half hour he becomes a crime lord I think I think that has a lot of legs I, I think, think I could watch that for days no, I, I think it's just that that's a lot more emotionally draining than oh yeah. the heroes won again you know yeah. <laughs> yeah because how I would view it is that our rating at the minute is seen as cool right so yeah. you have Deadpool and Logan and Joker. It was kind of seen as edgy and cool. But the more time, if you make R rating the norm, then every movie is an R rated movie, and it loses all of the cool factor. Then what's the point? Yeah, because I, I, R rating. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is like 18s over here, yes. isn't it? That's it. Okay, Ireland's a weird one because we used to ban a lot of shit for no reason. Yeah, but that was just because uh, the church were just like, nah. Nah, son. <laughs> the, the, the Pope would just be on the shoreline when they were just shipping the film over. They're like, go back. <laughs> go back, <laughs> They were like, which, which one's the way to Dublin? Back the way you came. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, 18s for the longest time was, like, horror movies and uh, even, like, movies with a lot of sex in them, generally. They would have a, an 18s rating. But yeah. I don't. I think just PG thirteen to straight R seems like a different, uh, a different level. Do you get me? Yeah. Oh no. I think that's like a, a very big step up, and it's also all this means is that DC, of course, are just changing like the wind. Just and like what's worse is like we always say that they're very gritty, but they were kind of PG thirteen gritty. Whereas now they just because Joker does well, they're yeah. going to go over there and do that. Because this, because uh, Aquaman did well, they're going to go over there and do another Aquaman. Series. It's like maybe if you just have a plan instead of just putting shit out and then going in seven directions. Yeah, because if you look, if you track it, like it wasn't really gritty at the start. It was rainy and sad. 
That's what it is now at the minute. Yeah, but then, like you said, Aquaman was a bright, colourful whole CGI and, thing. And uh, Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. But, but Wonder Woman was a good movie, but it also had that grey filter that, see, I, that a lot see, of those movies have. Yeah, see, Wonder Woman's it reminded me more of the time. Like, it was World War Two, or No, World War One. Yeah, so that makes sense, that you would have a grey tig or a grey tint over everything, because they're in, they're in the trenches. They're in a shit situation. Yeah, but, you know, like you see, then you see Bruce Wayne, like billionaire, and he's still in that same grey filter. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's it like lo- uh, the Titan show. Have you seen the blue filter of that Titan show? Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh my god! Why? Why would you shoot a perfectly good show? Why hire a lighting man if you're just gonna put a blue filter over everything? I don't, There's no like, point. Yeah, and it's like how the end of Justice League was changed to be all red. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So them doing this, especially with the idea that they might change the Birds of Prey, is ridiculous. And no, because I'm uh, quite excited for Birds of Prey as it is. Like yeah, I don't I need th- an R. I think they'll back out. I think they'll back out because they want Birds of Prey to do well, which I think it will. But I think it will do well PG-13. And also, if it is PG-13, that means that it'll have more success and they'll have a bigger chance of getting a Harley Quinn movie off the ground. Or future... And I feel if it isn't PG-13, you can't sell all the merch in Primark. Yes. No, that makes sense, yeah. Um, So I just wanted to bring up that DC will be are very interested in reportedly making more R-rated movies. Just, just to whet your appetite there. I know you're very excited about this, shot. Oh, Jez, I've never been more excited to not see a film. <laughs> so, what I have now is I either have another piece of DC news, or would you like something separate and we can come back to DC? Ooh. Uh, let's do something separate, swing back to DC, and then we'll okay, finish on right. DC as well. Because that variety interview, they literally, I think they spilled like the next five year plan. So we're going to have to talk okay, about it. But it was all separate things, right? Um, so our next piece of news is Elizabeth Banks, very, director and one of the stars of the recent Charlie's Angels movies, is now lined up to direct the Invisible Woman movie. And she will also be starring in it as the Invisible Woman. As Susan Storm? No. No, just uh, oh, the Invisible like, Woman as a separate entity. Okay. Uh, so, like, Dark Universe. <laughs> did, you think, did you think they were just doing a Fantastic Four without the other three? I mean, look, of all of them, she's probably the best. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben Grimm. No, Ben Grimm is clearly the best. Well, the best man. <laughs> yeah, of all the men in Fantastic Four, Ben Grimm's the best. But out of the four, Susan Storm is the one that actually does anything. And she's she's like, she's the one that you kind of root for. Yeah, because she never accidentally destroys a universe. And she doesn't have, but she does have Stockholm Syndrome, so we do have to factor that in. True enough. But mm. yeah, I'd, I'd watch her in an Invisible Woman movie. So there's was, there was an Invisible Man movie coming out. Yeah, that, I heard that. Uh, the, and actually the trailer for it doesn't look actually that bad. I, the first trailer was a bit weird, but I watched I watched a trailer recently. I think they released a new one a few weeks ago, and it actually didn't look awful. And that's I can only give it a compliment because I have no emotional attachment to that attachment to that franchise in any way. It's, yeah, it's a property it's one of those, I know literally nothing about. Yeah, it's it, these properties are all as you said the monster universe or the dark universe. It's like 
movies from the 1930s uh, or 40s that they're remaking because the, the copyright, copyright expired. Is, is copyright expired and they just can do whatever they want. So they will be doing an Invisible Woman movie. Um, it doesn't. It's not like a superhero thing. The idea is that you have a woman who, in the 1940s movie anyway, you have uh, a woman who gets... Uh, subjected to a uh, professor's experiments and then he turns her invisible and uh, she wreaks revenge on her former boss while she's invisible that yeah, is that is the plot but i do think it's broadly like a horror thing of like how terrifying would it be to see yourself disappear yeah you know maybe or maybe that's you know a scary door thing that uh, it was referencing but i do think like that that's a nice kind of movie to make because it's just you know it's a movie it's not necessarily based on anything it happened like the original was so long ago that it's not um it doesn't have a lot of nostalgia for people so you're not banking on that getting sales but can i ask you a question will yeah. people go see this movie i don't not, know not because not because elizabeth banks is directing or anything but terminator dark fate died a death People are not oh. going to see movies that aren't based on Marvel or see, I think, The Lion King. I don't think you can have Terminator Dark Fate as the example because they okay. lost, uh, you know, it was a lot of Terminator Bad Faith. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> it could be Dark Fate. That would have been better there, but don't worry about it. I'm not sure. Look, okay, we'll do that again. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> No. <laughs> Everybody act like he hasn't said anything. Hang on, what did I say before that? <laughs> I don't know. What We've was my leading line? <laughs> I I know I like I think there is still a place for those movies, even if it's you know a Netflix thing or anything like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like the Irishman came out and people are hype about that. Do you think Charlie's Angels will hurt uh her being asked to direct this movie. I think she was asked to direct before they realised how little Charlie's Angels made. Do you think Hollywood studios will be now afraid to kind of cast her? I don't think Charlie's Angels is properly out in Ireland yet, is it? It, No, it's out in America and it didn't make very much money. Hmm. But it hasn't, maybe it hasn't, it hasn't been released in Ireland. So maybe we'll give them like $200 million. Like, that's a whole international box office, you know, that yeah. hasn't been counted towards that movie. So I don't think it's uh, it's necessarily like the nail in the coffin mm. for Elizabeth well, Banks' I, I career. Just, I just seen that and I was kind of like, I think this is like a weird horror thing, but it's also, uh, I really hope this isn't used to reintroduce the Dark Universe. Yo, yeah, oh, do you think they'd build like that as the cornerstone? <laughs> I I think they would though because Elizabeth Banks is a great actress and if you got her in as one of your main stars and you kept Russell Crowe saying let's just hypothetically say that and you have Angelina Jolie as Frankenstein's Bride and you've Tom Cruise that's a pretty stellar cast that is true and like from what I know of Elizabeth Banks like she does the things she likes you know yeah like she's not going to sign up for like the trashest trash movie She's not going to do a Terminator Dark Fate. That has a lot of Dark Fate around it, Sean. I don't know if you've heard. But... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, we just have to really quickly cut out the first one. Oh, it's already cut out, look... don't you worry. 
it's no the show is literally just silence until that moment where I just go that has a lot of dark feel when you go <laughs> and everyone will know the preamble <laughs> everyone's like wow these guys are good um, yeah so that is my news about Elizabeth Banks they will have an Invisible Woman movie they have an Invisible Man movie Invisible movies are weird I don't know if I'm in any way interested in them but look we'll have to see th- yeah, we'll have to see. Um, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this is actually some very interesting DC news that I think you will quite like, but also laugh a little bit at the first bit. Okay. The Flash and Green Lantern Corps are still reportedly priorities at DC. No, they're not. Priority means it's happening soon. <laughs> I thought you'd be excited. You love the Flash. I don't love the Flash. You told me the Flash was your best friend. You I'm said Ezra Miller, of the more Flash. like father. No, no, I said Ezra Miller, more like Dark Faith. <laughs> now cut the whole show all up until that point. Let's <laughs> keep staggering the start. <laughs> <laughs> so Variety have rep- have once again asked the Warner Brothers. They had they must have had like a, a conference call because they have these like conference calls four times a year where they just basically divulge all their future uh, ideas. Yeah, and uh, Variety have now reported that Warner Brothers is still keen on delivering the Flash and the Green Lantern movies to the masses. So. Now, right. of course, the Flash has been a more frequent topic of conversation in this show. Because it's funnier. The, due to all the rumours and reports and poor Ezra Miller having to write the movie himself <laughs> and the movie not coming out until 2046. I mean, there's Still been so, so many things. He's writing it himself because no one else will. <laughs> and, no, because wasn't it that they were going to recast it if he didn't write it himself? <laughs> That's so good. Imagine the pressure. (laughs) We're like, we can give you twenty million dollars, but you have to write the movie yourself. And if it's not good, we'll cast that other guy. We'll we'll cast I don't know Grant Gustin. (laughs) Grant Gustin. I mean, oh, and we said he was doing it with a quill and parchment. By candlelight, yeah. <laughs> By candlelight, because Ezra's a bit of a hipster. Um, but, yeah, so The Flash, the last major update on The Flash was that um, It's Andy Muschietti has been tapped to helm the project, and they've also gotten Bumblebee's Christina Hudson uh, in to write the screenplay. Okay. So, they've gotten her in. Now, she's also penning P- Birds of Prey and is also currently working on the Batgirl screenplay. So, I think she is literally an SOS that they've brought in. Just like, could you just spend two months just trying to write a screenplay about feckin' Flash? Just please, like, just try. It doesn't just give even us have something. Because be. you, you've just written Birds of Prey and you're working on Batgirl. That's fair enough. We'll give you two months pay. Overtime. Just, just come in and title. do this. Get us a please. title. Yeah. The oh fuck! Oh, what do we put after this? Because uh, I like, I mean, look, she's doing g- great work uh, mm. by all accounts, but all for nothing, I think. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't. I think one th- one thing is gonna peter out before the other. Either DC are just gonna make R-rated movies, um, in which case Flashpoint would actually work pretty well, but. You oh yeah, Flashpoint have, would be really good. But yeah, but you can't have the first Flash movie be Flashpoint. I feel. 
No, I don't think people would be in on that at all. You have to have at least... See, in an ideal world, you'd have two movies to lead up to Flashpoint. Yeah, where you establish speed force and time travel. Yeah, first movie, he gains his powers or whatever, and he becomes the Flash. Second movie, he's challenged, and he overcomes it. Third movie, he's very confident in himself, and then you do Flashpoint. Yeah, that's how how it should work. So yeah, <laughs> that's how most of these superhero movies work. <laughs> yeah, but I I'm I don't know if anyone cares enough about the Flash to have that lead up. People really like the Flash CW show. Oh yeah, people are mad about that show. Like I think I I followed off that quite heavily, but yeah. I was there for the first like season and a half. <laughs> There's like ten yeah. seasons now. See, that's the thing is that like that and Arrow were tied together. And I tried yeah. to watch both, and that killed both of them for me. Yeah, it was. It felt like it was too much. Yeah, I just couldn't keep up with it, ironically. Um, uh, oh, very good. But yeah, I was an Arrow. I was mad about Arrow, and then I was kind of watching The Flash because it was about uh, Arrow. And then, as you said, I just I stopped watching The Flash, and I kept watching Arrow for a little bit, and then I just fell off Arrow as well. Because I was like, season six, I'm sure he's going to fight with his family. And does he murder people? Does he not murder people? Is he'll, he like, no, he'll, about that? He'll murder all the guards, and then the guy he's after, he'll be like, I'm going to let you live because I'm a good person. <laughs> and then that guy's just going to kill ten more people. He's like, oh, you rapscallion, you've done How it again. How dare you. <laughs> I, uh, apparently so, he went to prison, and now he's killing planets or something in Arrow. What? I don't know. Yeah, it's oh, gone mental. I don't know. <laughs> There's your five-second review of two men who haven't seen it in about three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's people listening to this who've seen every episode like these two fucking idiots um, so <laughs> the Ezra Miller is unfortunately he won't be around until at least 2021 to start shooting the Flash oh, no. because he's busy with Fantastic Beast 3 Warner Brothers other massive big like franchise and they can't get rid of Ezra with that so they've got to keep all. Ezra around they got to keep Ezra around for Fantastic Beasts 3. And 2021, he'll be getting on that plane and coming straight over to film. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just have a feeling. <laughs> there's an inkling that they might push it back. Look, the track record, there's been more times the Flash movie has been pushed back than a date has been announced. Go- or it, there's been more times it's been pushed back than any other positive news about the movie. I think there's little to no positive news about the Flash. There's very movie. actually, I don't think I've heard one piece of positive news. We don't know. Is, is any like who's who else? Who's left in that universe? Is it just Aquaman <laughs> and Henry Cavill? See, but Henry Cavill is also a maybe. But he said he was out, and then now he's after coming back recently. But like, I might come back in. But he definitely but, said he was out. But Wonder Woman that got, that got pushed back. Is that 2020? It's uh, coming out. That's uh, October next year. That was meant to come or out. No, no, sorry. It was, October, it was meant to come out October this year, and it got pushed back to next next year, but I think it's early next year. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. June 5th, 2020. It's supposed okay. to come out. But that was already supposed to come out. 
And and what about the Green Lantern Corps, though? Sean, this is the new big thing. They've already had one movie. They did it wrong. But this time, let me just get you a little bit excited because Jeff Johns, who wrote (gasps) the Green Lantern comic book run that lasted nearly a decade, was tasked with rewriting the project script. So he's rewriting the script, right? Mm, I don't trust him. (laughs) What does he know about Green Lantern? But now... They've also said that J.J. Abrams and his production company have first dibs on that script because somehow they've worked it into the contract that they have first dibs at any Green Lantern project that will be going ahead at Warner Brothers. So, you could technically have a Green Lantern movie that is helmed by J.J. Abrams, written by Jeff Johns. I like the writer. Um, I'm oh, not- I like. I'm not. I'm still not sure how I feel about JJ Abrams. Like, I think he's fine. really. Yeah, I like. I, I. It's been. I don't know that I've been wowed by any JJ Abrams stuff recent. You know, like, I think he's. But I think he's very good at the first one. That's he's true. very good at the first movie. He loves setting up mystery boxes, but yeah, and then he just fucks off. And like, we'll think about that when we get there. But like, maybe they'll get Ezra to come in and direct a second. I don't know. That would be quite maybe. funny. That would be actually. hilarious. He's still he's wearing Ezra. the Flash costume <laughs> on set. Ezra, not only do you have to write the Flash, but now you also have to follow JJ and all of his mystery boxes in the second Green Lantern movie. Oh no! <laughs> but I think, like, I think he's a solid director. Do you get yeah. me? Like, yeah, he'll get you a decent movie out of it, at least. But I think that's all they need. That's true. I mean, it, it's going to be the best Green Lantern movie we've ever got, probably. Yeah, we they've only got one. And, like, the one they had, had Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds, and still was shit. Who was Taika Waititi in that? He was the, the friend, wasn't oh, he? What? Was he? <laughs> it's been so long since G- I've seen that movie. G- give it a googs. I'm yeah. confident that Taika Waititi is the friend in Green Lantern, or he's in Green Lantern anyway. Taika. Waititi. Oh, here we go. This is this is your one googs. I did a sneaky googs earlier for Wonder Woman. Oh, oh you did actually. I let you go with that now. You did, Bigar. Oh, he is. Told you. Oh well, look. Fair play. Before b- before he was big. Before, before he was Hitler. Before he was Hitler, that's, <laughs> that's how we'll chart Taika Waititi's career. It's it's <laughs> B H and A H. <laughs> um, so, are you excited about the possibility that we could be getting a Green Lantern and the Flash movie, or are you completely over this? I'm I'm a little bit over it. I don't I, like it, really. I'm, I don't really care about it. Wow. I, I know. I, maybe it's the apathy talking. Yeah, because it is apathy because we are really like a, a movie and like we're big comic book nerds, but even I, uh, we cannot find it within ourselves to care. No, and I think we've maybe we've been burned too many times. <laughs> yeah, but for, and and maybe it's like everything I've seen of the DC cinematic universe, most of it's been not great. And if this what are is you another not great Superman. one, Batman vs Superman and Justice League were the greatest hey, movies I said, ever. I said most of it's not. Sorry, great. no, you're right. Suicide Squad was the best movie I've ever seen. Absolutely, fuck Marvel. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> David Ayer, what a guy! <laughs> what a what a great guy! <laughs> <laughs> fuck Marvel, make Suicide Squad. Oh no! <laughs> like the one I'm looking forward to. Well, well, I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad, and. Yes. Uh, 
Birds of Prey, like because those are interesting to me. But True. I don't, I don't like Ezra Miller's The Flash. Yeah, no, I don't like Ezra Miller as The Flash. I think he was the weakest part of that Justice League movie, and there are some weaknesses in that movie. Oh, absolutely. Mm. But it's, people thought he was funny. Some people thought he was funny. The quips. The quips, all the quips. Um, and the one moment that I do like in that movie is uh, when Batman's like, just save one person and then you'll know what to do. I, I kind of like that line. Now, yeah. It's a, it's a rare form of Batman being nice to someone. Cause I don't understand it. He has to be a dickhead at all times, otherwise I don't know where I'm standing. Where, <laughs> what, what's going on here, lads? Um, okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this is... Um, Terminator. I know you've heard of it. A Dark Fate. Have you heard of that movie? I I heard it met a dark fate. <laughs> Start choking. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. We talked about a few weeks ago how Tim Miller and James Cameron were at odds in yeah. the movie process. And we were speculating as to what those odds could be. Well, now I actually have what happened. And because Tim Miller opened up about the disagreements he had with James Cameron on the set of Terminator Dark Fate. Okay, let's hear him. So, we've all seen Terminator Dark Fate. If you haven't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, the Legion is the AI that yeah. rose to power in the Dark ah. Fate's future. Instead of Skynet. Instead of Skynet. And apparently, so, yeah, it's just a big evil AI. There's always a big evil AI, just <laughs> this time it's called Legion. So, um, yeah, spoilers, I guess. By the- <laughs> spo- spoilers for a movie that you definitely have not seen. And if you have, don't worry about it. Yeah. So apparently the first big issue was raised when James Cameron and Tim Miller disagreed on how how Legion, I should say, was depicted, with Miller wanting the humans to be losing against Legion in the future and James Cameron wanting the humans to be winning against Legion in the future. So Right, big uh, change. Big change, basically the opposite of each other. Because Miller says in his interview, I suggested Legion is so powerful, the only way to beat it is going back in time and strangling it in the crib. James said, what's dramatic about the humans losing? And I say, well, what's dramatic about the humans winning? And then they just need to keep on winning by going back in time. That's... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, one of the... One of the key parts of storytelling, one of the key <laughs> parts, and I say this as a man who did a degree in media and film. We, uh, we have a shit degree, the two <laughs> of us. But conflict is like the key to most stories. No, I think it should all be solved in the first act and then everyone's just plateaus for just, an hour and a half. Just status quo. Just status quo life. and nothing changes. Oh, that's awful. How is James Cameron allowed to be as he is? <laughs> no one's ever asked that question about someone. How is he allowed to be how he is? Because I just, like, he, the, the clout that he has, he doesn't deserve if he's talking like, like he, that. So he said, 
Perhaps James Cameron wanted humanity to be winning against Legion because he'd actually carried out a similar approach, they say, with Terminator and Terminator 2 because although John Cotter and the Resistance had struggled in their conflict with Skynet, they were on the verge of taking out the AI in those movies and they just needed like one little more push to get it over the edge. Yeah, So, and that's why they sent back the Terminator is because the humans were just about to win. So his his idea was that this time they're winning, and but, Tim Miller saying, "Well, what would it not be more fun if they were losing?" And this is like a last ditch effort. Like the thing is, it, spoilers again for Terminator Dark Fate, the movie that no one cares about. But yes. John Connor dies, which means like Skynet's plan works. Like, they stopped the humans from winning. Yes. So th- now the humans are losing. <laughs> yes. So, so James but Cameron's gone against winning, his own... <laughs> what if John Connor just <laughs> didn't if, matter? What if they were on a boat and there was an iceberg? <laughs> he just brings her <laughs> right did back. it again. <laughs> what if they were blue? <laughs> Abadie, Abadie. <laughs> but, d- <laughs> Damn it, James. Damn it, James. You raise a good point. <laughs> but I I just think James Cameron has gone against his own logic in mm. in the previous Terminator films. Because yeah. like, if you kill the leader of the Resistance, the Resistance never forms. So the humans lose. So the, another Ray's issue was Tim Miller said that um, there was many issues around lines of dialogue that he thought were poetic and beautiful, but James Cameron didn't like the words. So he okay. said, take them out. Tim Miller said, no, I'm keeping them in. And so he would basically <laughs> fight for his lines. <laughs> so the director of the movie was fighting with James Cameron for the lines he wanted to keep. So James Tim Cameron, Miller who is, he is objectively just a man on set. He's just a man, uh, just kind of walks on set, does whatever he wants. Uh, he's James Cameron. How do how does people let him away with the things that he does? <laughs> uh, but Tim Miller also acknowledged that while James Cameron and producer David Ellison technically had final cut and ultimate power, this might surprise you, Sean, but he felt that it was his duty as a director for to fight for what he thought was right for the movie. I mean, I think that's why you hire a director <laughs> to give it direction. <laughs> When the time came for Miller to show Cameron his director's cut of Terminator Dark Fate, he wasn't sure how Cameron would feel, given that Miller had cut a lot of stuff that Cameron thought was important. But once the screening was finished, James Cameron reportedly answered, we've got a movie, and slapped him on the back. Okay, so they're all bros in the end. All bros, but here's the thing. Tim Miller has now come out and said that although him and him and James Cameron are still on talking terms, he's unlikely to work with Cameron on a professional level again. Jesus. <laughs> Which I think is code for he's a fucking dick. <laughs> he is a nightmare to work with. <laughs> yeah. So now we know some of the information behind why Terminator Dark Fate maybe it wasn't the movie it, it was set out to be because you had two different directors basically fighting over the movie and see, I, don't, I don't think that's all of the films like I don't think that's everything no. that's wrong with that film no but I think it certainly didn't help yeah like if you have a clean production that certainly helps the making of the film and you might have a cleaner cut 
Yeah, but if if it's coming down to, I don't think that line works. I think it does. I think like there's no way you're going to get a, a like a coherent product at the end of it. And Sean, just really quickly, who should get final say on if the line works or not? Oh, probably. I don't know. James Cameron. James Cameron. Any line. Ja- any line in Hollywood. Any, James Cameron. Any line. In, he's in every editor's boot. Just like take that out. He's <laughs> 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 just really uh, famous lines. <laughs> yeah. I am here to cut that. Cut George. But I would. Doesn't cut make that. sense. What if? <laughs> so what if they just won now? <laughs> Yeah, what if the movie started and Luke Skywalker was king? What if we just did king. that? <laughs> king. And then George is like, that's not how it happened. Sorry, George. What if royalty exists and he's the king of the universe? Okay, what if, no, that's a good point. <laughs> what if Daenerys just killed everyone? <laughs> Yeah. He's just like James Cameron every editing about ruining movies. Just, yeah, just that's his life's goal. It's the <laughs> only movie. It's just like hard cut, hard cut, hard cut. Then it cuts to him in Avatar. And he's like, "This is a very important movie. People are gonna love it." I, <laughs> My I can't gosh. wait for that to bomb. <laughs> are we turning on James Cameron? The more I hear about him, the more I'm not a fan. No, he just seems like an awful man to work or work with or be around. Like he made Terminator Two, so he will forever be like amazing for that movie. But you also kind of have to look at it like just because you made a a few good movies doesn't mean you can be a dick now. Yeah, like you don't, you don't, you shouldn't hold yourself in such high esteem because you're not better than anyone. And if you wanted to direct the movie, just. Just say Fucking yes. Director. I would be of the opinion that James Cameron might have first dibs on who directed Terminator oh, Dark Fate. I'm sure he got a phone call. <laughs> and they said, do you want to do it? And he said, nah. And You're then busy. they went, he's like, he's like the child. He's like, well, I don't want it, but you can have it. It's mine. Yeah, I, I'm, I want it now because you have it. Yeah. And so we're ending Movie Mondays this week with our last piece of DC news that I've left till the end because it is so juicy. I felt like we just needed to to just revel in this in this gloriousness because I have DC. They're on the lookout for a new Superman shot. Oh no! You know that because Tim Cavill or Tim Cavill, Tim Cavill, <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim Miller, Ca- and Henry Sorry. Cavill. <laughs> Tim Cavill is a strong name. First of all, Tim Cavill is Henry's brother, and he's even more handsome if you could believe it. Oh my no, god! <laughs> The world's going to end. It's like Jim Hemsworth. (laughs) Not Jim. Um, uh, But yeah, Henry Cavill said that he was out of Superman. Then he said now he's back in. And he's now maintaining that he's back in because I read it again. I was suspicious, but he's now saying he's back in. But he definitely said he was out. So you don't know what's going on there. Um, But what we do know is that DC... We're thinking about doing another Superman movie, maybe rebooting it, because DC met with Michael B. Jordan about playing Superman several months ago. Oh my god. Okay, okay, let's just all sit down for a minute, because this is, this is great. Yes. This goes We'll cast Michael B. Jordan as anyone. (laughs) I was about to say, this is literally our podcast, is we're just, Michael B. Jordan can play anything and anyone. And I'll be delighted with that. We we tried to cast him as Batman, 
Uh, we, oh, we made a push. We uh, made a massive push. DC listened to us and then they went the opposite direction. But that's fine. Look, he's, he's still one of the two. He's still one of the two. So, it is rumoured that they met with Michael B. Jordan in regards to playing Superman. Sean, what are your thoughts on Michael B. Jordan as an actor? Phenomenal. One, yeah, of, the, yeah. one of the best and nicest men in the industry. Loves anime. Yeah. Uh, just a fucking good dude, you know? Now, this might also surprise you, but it actually says that Michael B. Jordan, I say his full name every time, yeah. that um, they, he actually met with the studio to pitch to them on a oh. vision for the character. Michael. Because he oh. is... <laughs> Because he's mad about playing Superman. The outlet Variety also noted that the actor isn't signed on for anything yet, primarily because a new Superman movie is still, like, years away, and they actually haven't uh, talked about it. But uh, he went to DC himself, and he pitched a Superman movie with him playing the lead role. And also, J.J. Abrams is interested in directing Superman, but I think DC just want J.J. Abrams to direct something. That's true. They have him like on speed dial. Yes. But oh, I would. I mean, Michael Michael B. Jordan could direct. <laughs> Bring James Cameron in. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what if? What if he was made of kryptonite? Damn it, James! You've done it again. You've, you've simultaneously ruined this movie and made it better. Yeah. What, what if he wasn't so super? What if he was just a man? Oh, what he's we, so good. What if we just follow Michael B. Jordan around with a camera? <laughs> yeah. So Michael B. Jordan, he is very interested in playing Superman. Henry Cavill has also now maintained that he's still Superman after his three appearances in the DCEU. But they've now also renewed The Witcher for a second season on Netflix and they don't have a Superman plan lined up with regards to Henry Cavill in the next five years so it would be feasible that Henry Cavill could go off into the sunset and do The Witcher season 2 and then you bring in another Superman to match with Robert Pattinson's Batman oh my god that's a great idea yes oh no it would be so good wouldn't it (laughs) this is why I left it to last I knew you'd be excited uh, see, Connor Martin doesn't know what we're talking, what he's talking about. We're always positive when Michael B. Jordan's involved. Michael B. Jordan is. I want him to just be my dad. I just, I love the man. <laughs> but even like having, like having Michael B. Uh, sorry, having Michael B. Jordan as Superman. Like it's such. He's got the name recognition. He's got the credibility. He's mm. got the talent. Not to say that Henry Cavill didn't have any of these things, but if you're going for a fresh start, that is like, you come out with a gate swinging with that. And here's the thing. In regards to Henry Cavill, it was always going to be very hard to find a man as handsome as Superman, as Henry Cavill. Like, there's always going to be a downward, unless you go Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. That gives you some hope to match what you've already got. And, like... And did you see him in Black Panther? He's huge. <laughs> we're t- we're t- yeah, like, he- him in the suit. I'm just imagining it in my head. It would be perfect. Like, and then you could also... See, this would raise so many more things in regards to Superman. Like, um... P- 
Superman as a t- the teams of Superman are always the outsider looking in, and I think this casting would cause like major things in regards to that but I think it's amazing yeah. casting because there, you'll always get those people like Superman is white in the comic books so yeah. he, and he has those to be people white will, in the movies and that would be a very 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 vocal minority yeah because I think comic books are not real and That's so true. you you can do whatever the fuck you want with a character as long as it's the best actor and it's written well, as long as the character is still Superman, he can look like anything. Yeah, it, and it doesn't matter. You always go back to that uh, movies with Mikey. Did movies with Mikey is the video I was going to bring up. Yeah, where it was he put out on Twitter just like, "All right, no holds barred, no, not no requirements. Who do you want to play Batman?" And it, everyone just shot back with why certain. Actors or actresses couldn't play Batman. No, everyone shot back with white middle-aged men with black hair. That was all the people they cast. And he was like, well, I never actually said you had to cast a man or it had to be black hair. I just said cast Batman or cast Bruce Wayne. Um, And so then everyone was like, no, no, it has to be. He has to look like this. Why though? Why? Because he has to. (laughs) Because he has to. But, like, he was like, well, why couldn't, like, just some... Why couldn't... I think he even said, like, why couldn't Zoe Kravitz play... Yeah. Batman? Sure, like, who cares? And so... I think Robert Pattinson is a great Batman, and I think him beside Henry Cavill would look weird, but I think him and Michael B. Jordan are probably... I think I'm seeing that as an image would look really, really cool. Yeah, and I think, like... And I think they're, I don't know, I feel they, they w- could act differently. I feel like Robert Pattinson... And Michael B. Jordan is the, is the smiliest man and the happiest man, like that is Superman. That's what I'm thinking, like Superman inspires hope, you know? He's like, oh, everything will be okay if you see Superman. Batman inspires fear and you yes. you, beha- you behave or else Batman will beat you up. Like yeah. I feel those two can play those sides perfectly. Whereas, think, like, did, yeah, you, there, there was, there was a, and it was in the writing as well, but in Man of Steel, which I, I enjoy Man of Steel. I think it's fine, but there's a lot of just like God and Savior imagery to Superman in that, and it's not subtle at all. No, like absolutely not. It's Zack Snyder. Yeah, and. The the best opportunity they had for Superman was, you know, at the start of Justice League, where there's the phone camera of the kids running up to him. Yeah, the, With the weird mustache. Yeah, that that aside, even, but every like, the, someone put it out there. I don't know who it was, but the kids are looking up to him. Whereas if that was Superman in the comics, he would have knelt down and talked to them. Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I feel like Michael B. Jordan would goof around with... Like, his Superman would goof around with kids. But I, I think Henry Cavill is also really good casting as Superman. So it's not like we're shitting on Henry Cavill here. Oh, no, no, no. I'm shitting on the writing in that respect. Yeah, like, I think Henry Cavill has not been given a fair shake at no, this. not at all. Like, DC even came out during the week and they were like, oh, we don't know how to write a Batman or a Superman movie. Or they're trying to make them this they're trying to make him that just like just write superman as he's full of hope like 
Superman works in the comic books because if if a Captain America movie will work, a Superman movie will work. They're basically the same character. Yeah, Captain America is like old school Superman when he could just jump real high. Yeah. I I think that if they do this Michael B. Jordan one, I think it'll be one of the best Superman stories we've ever seen. Ooh, that's big. I I just read that and I thought, Michael B. Jordan as Superman, that is the rumours. They they officially met a few months ago. So that is not to say that it is cast, not to say it's conferred, but Michael B. Jordan has thrown his shot in. He's, he said, I'm here if you want me. Yeah, I'll, I'll a, play him. Uh, if you want to treat yourself, Google Michael B. Jordan Superman and there's a load of photoshops of it and it looks real good. <laughs> That was literally just from the last week. Um, so, Sean, I think that is the end of Movie Mondays this week. And two very tired Black Friday boys. A Black Friday boys. We have... God, retail is tough, guys. But look... <laughs> I'm, but but you, got, you got your deals. And ain't that the main thing. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> Connor just hasn't seen vicious. his family in days. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it for? You have all this, but what's the Thanos line? Uh, but at what cost? But at what cost? <laughs> a, a small price to pay for salvation. <laughs> um, do you want to take us out, Sean? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We'll be back on Wednesday, an episode of Weird News Wednesdays. Friday with Hero or Zero, and Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Uh, if you would like to support the show, we do have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast, or you can uh, click the link in the description. We're on Facebook, Here's for Hire Podcast, Twitter at Here's for Hire Pod, Instagram, Here's for Hire Podcast, or you can email us, Here's for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. Well but, done. Thank you very much. I uh, I put Hero Zero up late because of, you know, the Friday thing. But and it was actually it was amazing though because it was Black Friday as we both said and we've we're we're well, not going to mention it again. But uh, I woke up Saturday morning and I also forgot. Yeah. Now now what people don't know is Sean sometimes forgets what day of the week it is. I have I have a thing in my brain where I'm stupid. <laughs> I have a thing in my brain missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so it has happened before. I don't know what episode it was. It was ages ago, but it was like it was like a Wednesday. And yeah, I think I it think got it was to about Wednesday, ten o'clock. And it got to about ten o'clock, and I was just like, the episode hasn't gone out. Maybe like maybe he's maybe dead. He's dead. And I just, yeah, maybe he's dead. <laughs> so that's normally the go-to, and then anything else is a bonus. So Absolutely. I. I messaged you and I was just like, you know, it's Wednesday. And I just got dot, dot, dot. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then it went up right quick. It went up real quick. But it was just, sometimes days are hard, man. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Look, it's one day. I'm sorry. It's a good episode. Go listen to it. Ah, look, it's okay. Um, So, yeah, I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean May. And we shall see you on Wednesday, guys. Talk to you Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.